being around sports media and a fan of oh my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in LA, and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will probably open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment for the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily Podcast. I'm Wilbur and I'm your host. If you're watching live on YouTube, we're striving to be alive at 1 p.m. Devo's trying to make it happen. I'm terrible about it, but 1 o'clock-ish every day, live on YouTube for the rest of eternity. Um, it is Thursday, March 10th, if you're watching. If you're listening to the podcast, it's Friday, March 11th. Make sure you smash that like button. You can, uh, you can comment. Too. Um, we got a mock draft show coming up, but you know, it is March mock draft season, but it's also, you know, this, this ad reads super long. So I'm going to introduce you guys first, uh, <laughs> joining me to break down, uh, mock draft season, Chris Trapasso and Josh Edwards. What's up boys. What's up? Well, how's it going? What's going on? Not much. Um, we're going to talk mock drafts, but first. I do need to point out, I just you can't you just can't sit there for like, well, I do this entire ad read of, of, of brackets, like three paragraphs worth. And like, it's too awkward to have the silence <laughs> linger on like that. Anyway, if you guys are listening, we want you to compete with us in a bracket challenge or watching. I'll be in there. Wilson will be there. Breach will be there. We're going to force traps and Josh to get in there. And we want you in there as well. Go to cbssports.com slash pick six brackets, P-I-C-K-S-I-X brackets plural and the winner will get a hundred dollar gift card the winner of the bracket will get a hundred dollar gift card to paramount plus it's like a year's worth of p plus you'll be able to watch ncaa tournament games on paramount plus tons of soccer from champions league to Concacaf, golf majors in the spring and nfl football in the fall also we're excited for the debut of halo which is streaming march 4th exclusively on paramount plus head to paramountplus.com slash halo to try it for free back to the brackets anyway Nobody just enters one pool. You can also create a group to compete against your friends and fill out your bracket for the chance to win a trip to the 2023 Final Four. You can play on the CBS Sports app or at cbssports.com slash pick six brackets. Link is in the episode description. If you're listening, by the way, on Spotify, give us a five-star review. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, leave a five-star review with a question in it, and we will answer it in a future mailbag. Man. What an insane week of uh, football news, right? Um, let's start. Let's just dive into it. So Russell Wilson traded to the Denver Broncos. Uh, that's a mild shakeup for the for the draft. Um, you guys both had the Seahawks doing things they might not have done. Actually, things they couldn't possibly have done before the Russ trade because they didn't have a first round pick thanks to the Jamal Adams trade. Uh, Traps, you had him uh, taking my NC State guy, Iki Aquanu. What um, 
Wouldn't it be perfect for the Seahawks to draft a high-end offensive lineman with a first-round pick <laughs> the second they trade Russell Wilson? Yeah, it would kind of be like if the Packers went wide receiver, finally. I mean, I guess a little different because Aaron Rodgers is, is back, but they have seemingly ignored offensive line or just made really bad offensive line picks during most of the Russell Wilson era, especially during his prime after the Super Bowl. Um, with Iggy Aquanu, it, it's just because if you look at that roster, the Seahawks have Stone Forsythe, who I promise is a real player. They picked in the sixth round last year. Uh, an offensive Morgan? tackle. Yeah, it, he's real. It, it's a very awesome offensive lineman name, but he was a sixth-round pick out of Florida last year. Um, besides him, Dwayne Brown is a free agent. Brandon Shell is a free agent. Isaiah Prince is a free agent. The tackles weren't really that good in the first place. Dwayne Brown was good, but he's 36 years old. So I think, yes, it would be ironic, but they have to go offensive tackle. If they don't like Malik Willis at number nine, I had them picking Iki Aquanu because I think he has – upside he's an instant starter and they just need offensive tackle help really bad um yeah look if Icky falls in um fall, i mean it, he could fall to nine i don't think anything yeah, yeah i mean like it, nothing's out of the question with this draft you know like the idea that icky or evan neal or even aiden hutchinson is locked into number one is is kind of silly i mean these they're just we we talked we talked about both of y'all like there's a lot of like there's just not a lot of separation between these prospects uh Josh, you have them going quarterback, taking Matt Corral out of Ole Miss with their uh, with the number nine overall pick. I, I haven't looked at the full mock draft, so I'm curious. One, how do you like the fit there? And then two, is he the first quarterback off the board in this case? I, I made this mock draft before I saw this picture of Pete Carroll meeting with Matt Corral in the stands at, at the NFL Combine last week. Um, so there is at least some smoke to the connection between the two parties. Uh, but basically what this comes down to is if you are a member of the Seattle Seahawks organization, are you looking at the 2022 season saying, yeah, I'm comfortable rolling with Drew Locke or Geno Smith? I mean, I don't think anybody is is comfortable with doing that. So, you know, you could punt on the position for a year and maybe try to be aggressive in getting one of those quarterbacks in next year's draft class. But there's no guarantee where you're going to be picking. So the fact that you have a top 10 pick um, and there's fewer suitors today than there were yesterday in the quarterback market, you know, maybe this is their opportunity to take a shot at the position and possibly address it with a guy like Matt Corral, who's originally from the West Coast. Um, he's a guy that, you know, comes from a Lane Kiffin offense that's kind of RPO based, but gets gets the ball out of his hands quickly. And that's more of what Pete Carroll is looking for alongside a run based offense. Uh, um, Zachary Stopa in the, in the, uh, in the chat on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six. You can chat with us live apparently every day for the rest of time at 1 PM Eastern, um, uh, ask why such little chatter on Howell? he's referred to Sam Howell out of UNC who, and I think this is a good, this wasn't on the rundown, but I think it's a really interesting question and you guys both you know, are, are draft picks, So why not ask it now? Like Sam Howell was the presumptive number one overall pick before last college football season um there has been he has dropped precipitously like he's probably i mean maybe first round probably second round probably day two um yeah. what do you think what, like what why is sam why is sam how fallen so far and why is he getting no buzz yeah i can go i think um because we saw the season that he had in 2020 and yes he had nfl talent around him but it's as simple as he lost that nfl talent at receiver at, at running back and he wasn't 
as good this season. He didn't build on that really good sophomore season. Um, and the accuracy wasn't quite as good. And trait wise, he ran around a lot. He had over 800 yards. They said that a lot during the NFL Network broadcast of the Combine. He's not going to be able to run like that in the NFL. He's no. not that type of he athlete. Like so into, I think, he ran into contact. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, and he's small, too. He's like six foot, 215, 220 pounds. So I think people understood that the traits are not necessarily first-round caliber. And then he just is not going into this draft season with a lot of momentum. One point, two on Josh's Matt Corral Seahawks connection. Lane Kiffin was the USC assistant coach when Pete Carroll was there in the early 2000s. So that could be another connection to keep an eye on that. Like if there's anyone that can be talking to Pete Carroll, calling him up, talking up a prospect, it could be Lane Kiffin about Matt Corral. Good point. Josh, any thoughts on uh, Sam Howell? Yeah. See the thing with draft season, we often find ourselves talking about what a prospect can't do. Um, and it leads you to believe that we don't like the player. I don't, I, you know, I don't want to speak for traps, but I don't personally have a vendetta against uh, Sam Howell. I'm just comparing <laughs> these prospects. And Howell is one of the best deep ball throwers in this draft class. I mean, it's beautiful the way, um, you know, he throws with touch. He throws with anticipation. It's got trajectory, all of that kind of stuff. Um, but my concern is, is he more of a tractor or is he a trailer? Right, I like that tractor trailer um, uh, uh, idea. That's a good, that's a good, I mean, I know that's like draft talk, but it's a good, uh, it's a good thing to discuss. The uh, Broncos, at, they have now have 64 overall, 75 overall, 96 overall. Um, they're out of the quarterback running, obviously, uh, with the with the Russell Wilson trade. Uh, I mean, is there anybody, is there anything you think that they will, I mean, like, what what are they looking at in that? Those are not bad picks, by the way. Like, those are, right? No. I mean, those are pretty good rate. I mean, is there any is there anybody that, that you could see? Because I, I think Traps will see the Broncos kind of, do what the Ram I, I I would assume that they'll do what the Rams did. You know, they'll do what the Bucks did two years ago. Like shove all in on Russ and try to win now. Yeah. So I mean, are, are there are there guys they could target with those picks uh in terms of immediate impact guys versus maybe development guys? Yeah, well I'll start with position. I think they still need to really solidify the right tackle position because like you mentioned earlier, I think the last thing the Broncos want is for Russell Wilson to be behind a bad offensive line like he had for a lot of the last couple seasons in Seattle. Someone like Zach Tom from Wake Forest, you might be familiar with being in that area, Will. Uh, played left tackle for the Demon Deacons. Super athletic, a little bit smaller, but he could play right tackle. He could play guard. Uh, Darian Kennard from Kentucky, who Josh would be really good to talk about if his audio uh, fixes itself a little bit. Uh, bigger career right tackle, so they wouldn't need to change positions. I think that those two guys are options at 64. Even Max Mitchell from Louisiana, who is another career right tackle, uh, could plug him right in there. And then because they lost Shelby Harris in the trade, who it's kind of a weird throw in that he was like 33 years old, but a good interior defensive lineman. Someone like Perry and Winfrey from Oklahoma with that next pick in the 70s, who was the senior bowl MVP. I think they need more of a pass rusher on the inside. It's really just Bradley Chubb now on the outside. Obviously, maybe Von Miller might be returning, but if he doesn't, um, suddenly that defensive line goes from a strength to somewhat of a weakness. And then the linebacker position. I mean, Josie Jewell is a free agent. Alex Johnson is a free agent. Damone Clark, Damone Clark from LSU is the one that got a lot of buzz during combine week. Ran right around 4-5, wore the number 18 at LSU. That's always carried a lot of significance for that program. He was a team captain. They do need someone. They had a bunch of injuries at the linebacker spot. They traded for Kenny Young in the middle of the season last year. 
Uh, they played something like eight different linebackers. So I think offensive tackle and then from back to front on defense, defensive line, and then the linebacker spot to just make sure they're not getting into a shootout every single week and going from a strength on defense to a secondary or a defensive front that isn't very good. The uh, Carson Wentz trade. Man, I can't believe Washington really traded for Carson Wentz. Uh, the, the, I, I'm, I'm really not going to get used to the commanders either. Like, I think I've called them the Commodores and the Commandos. I mean, I'm like doing it as a bit, but I, at some point. I was just used getting used to Washington football team. Like, I was I li- fine. I like WFT. Like, I like the identical Washington football team with the Washington football club. Um, I'm going to keep calling them the Commandos and the Commodores. And so I'm, I'm going to eventually get in trouble with like somebody thinking I did, or like, this be like, NFL writer doesn't know Washington team name. You know, like, uh, Josh, with uh, with this Wentz trade, um, what do you see the uh, commanders doing at 11? Uh, I believe in your latest mock draft, you have them taking Drake London. Yeah, Traps and I seem to be on the same page with them taking a wide receiver. The thought is you don't have to use a first-round pick on a quarterback. So what you try to do is you bolster the supporting cast around him. So the con- <laughs> now you guys are messing with me. The commanders um, <laughs> yeah, are uh, you know potentially looking to add to the wide receiver room. So you've already got Terry McLaurin, who's one of the better young wide receivers in the NFL. You got Curtis Samuel last year and you hope that he returns healthy if you're able to add a third piece specifically drake london as i have in this particular scenario a guy that's going to be able to go up and win those um you know contested passes is a is a delicate way of saying that from carson wentz then i think that's a (laughs) win-win for your offense yeah look carson i mean you better have you better have a uh, a wide catch rate. You need a wide catch radius to uh, to work with uh, to work with Carson Wentz. You haven't taken Chris Olave at uh, eleven traps. Yeah, I just think that Olave is probably going to be picked super early. I mean, he he's at Ohio State for multiple years. Was really on the draft radar for like three seasons, and then he runs sub four four at the combine. A lot of people obviously impressed by that. Uh, before the combine, it seemed like Olave was probably going to be picked somewhere in the twenties later in the first round because he's not great after the catch. But this was more of, like Josh is saying, the commanders needing a receiver and me just thinking that Olave is not going to last very long in round one because usually the fast wide receivers go early. I do agree, though, that you know having a wide receiver with a large catch radius will help um, alleviate some of the accuracy issues uh, from Carson Wentz. But actually, Chris Olave, for not being Drake London and being 6'3", that had the most contested catches in college football last year, Chris Olave tracks the football very well down the football field. So it's all about building uh, somewhat of a decent environment around Carson Wentz so he's not ruining football games for the commies in the fourth quarter like he did a lot last year for the Colts. I, I legitimately don't know if we can like, and I'm not, I'm not telling you not to say commies. I just, I don't know if like saying commies is going to get anybody in trouble or not. Like he can't <laughs> okay, right. No, I mean like, like, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, it probably won't, but who, who knows? Um, I, I, I'm just sort of wondering that out loud for my own, because I'm, I'm going to, I'm a hundred percent, you know, say it moving forward. The Commodores, the Commodores is actually kind of better than Commanders, right? Yeah. Like Commodores is good. So. I kind of like Commodores. I'm just going to call them the Commodores and act like I don't care. I mean, whatever. Like if I can say Oakland Raiders or Los, Los you know, 
San Diego Chargers. Like, what is Commodore? Is Commodore that much worse than Command? It's a stupid team. I hate their stupid team. Um, the Colts. Uh, the Colts at forty-two overall. Man, I mean, they have to make a move at quarterback, right? But I don't think with their draft setup that they can. Like, they have to make a veteran move at quarterback. There's not going to be a, a a quarterback option, Josh, for Indianapolis. Like they can't they can't go into the draft saying, all right, we'll just get somebody at 42, right? Yeah, there was a report that maybe the Giants were considered the favorite for Mitchell Trubisky in free agency. Um, in that scenario, he would be competing with Daniel Jones. Maybe Indianapolis is clearing a space for him to come in and just be their starting quarterback moving forward. Yes. The alternative is maybe you trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, the other veteran quarterback that many expect to be available through a trade. So. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Green Bay, of course, with Aaron Rodgers coming back, they no longer have to uh, be entirely concerned with, you know, figuring out the quarterback position. They're locked in for the next, I think, two years, at least at least one year. Uh, you have them going with, oh boy, George Karlofitis. Did I do that right? Pretty close. Karlofitis. Yeah. Karlofitis. Um, I know, yeah, I know that wide receiver seems like the, you know, obvious selection, but the Packers have been really patient. Uh, they just gave Aaron Rodgers what he wanted by, you know, paying him $50 million per season. I don't think they necessarily have to go receiver here. They probably understand how deep the wide receiver class is. And there's rumors, or I'm pretty sure there was a report, that they're going to release Darius Smith. Um, so, yes, Rashawn Gary has become a pretty good pass rusher. Um, on the outside, he's very young. But just to add more beef up front to continue to build that side of the ball, then you pick a receiver in round two or round three to complement Devontae Adams. Uh, which direction did you have the uh, Packers going, Josh? So I had the Packers going with David Ojabo, the edge rusher from Michigan, in this uh, particular thought process. And the idea was that you go get a pass rusher um, to possibly replace Sedaria Smith. Maybe they replace, uh, replace Preston Smith as well, because um, that would save roughly $28 million in salary cap space. So you move on from those two guys, and it's not like the cupboard is bare. If you bring in a Jabo, you've already got Rashawn Gary there. Um, so that's one opportunity for Green Bay to not only shed some of that salary cap space that's been so heavily discussed this offseason, but you still have two very talented players that you can develop at that position moving forward. I dig it. I dig it. All right, let's uh, take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about what team, what the teams who use the franchise tag this offseason will do in, well, or could do in the draft. Actually, some, some, some matches here. Uh, we'll play a little match game uh, coming up after the break. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, so the Jaguars used the franchise tag on Cam Robinson, and I don't think I'm uh, – yeah, I don't think I'm spoiling this, but um, I was chatting with uh, someone who knows the Jaguars well, has you know been around the franchise for a long time, and the suggestion was – you can infer who that is pretty easily. Uh, the, the, the suggestion was that Cam Robinson might actually be – Teron Armstead insurance. In other words, like the Jaguars might not want him to sign the franchise tag and could possibly rescind the franchise tag if they're able to sign Teron Armstead in free agency. They have tons of cap space, so I don't think they're worried about it. And the the way the markets moved when they, I mean, it's, it was it was insane how fast, actually, not how fast it moved, but how the move that took place in the betting markets when they tagged Cam Robinson. I mean, I tweeted it out, of course. I'm sure I'm the one who moved the line. More than likely, it was uh, Daniel Jeremiah tweeting it out that uh, Aiden Hutchinson could now go number one overall because they tagged Cam Robinson. Cam Ro- Aiden Hutchinson was 4-1 to one before the Cam Robinson tag. He's now like minus 250 to be the, the number one overall pick. But you guys both have uh, Evan Neal going first overall in your in your most recent mock drafts would you would you stand by that as of right now or do you think Hutchinson maybe I think Hutchinson Icky Aquanu and and Evan Neal are all in play um Cam Robinson probably not the long-term answer there right no he's not and and I it was weird seeing it on Twitter I mean it, it was like beyond like the betting markets it was like there was half of people that cover the Jaguars saying oh this definitely means that Aiden Hutchinson is very much in play and then, like you mentioned, uh, that very plugged-in Jaguars media member that we know was kind of thinking that that wasn't the case. And- yeah, Josh, you also have Evan Neal going first overall. Um, I, I, like, I, I still maintain that, and we, and we, and we talked about this. I think, I think Traps and I talked about this uh, previously, but like, I maintain that the Jaguars. Jaguars. Whoa! Did I just turn it? Yeah. Um, okay, that got weird for a second. Um, really, uh, really, <laughs> really clean audio version of this show uh, we got we got going on today. Good, good job by Traps to bail out of there with the slow robot action. Um, the uh, I, I I mean I still think that the Jaguars. I bet a lot of Aiden Hutchinson at plus money, not because Josh. I think that he's definitely going one first overall. But like, if you can get the if you can get that plus money on like I have plus money on Icky. Evan Neal and Aiden Hutchinson, and so like no matter who goes first overall, I'm gonna net, I'm gonna net you know, like like I win no matter who goes first overall, and that was sort of my goal the whole time with that first overall pick because I think it's one of those three guys for sure. I still think the Jaguars could say, look, we need to protect Trevor Lawrence, and we're gonna do that by drafting an offensive lineman. No question. I wrote an entire article on uh, the Cam Robinson franchise tag and how it impacts Jacksonville's choice at number one overall. And in short, I don't think it means anything. I mean, it could very well mean that they are truly considering Aiden Hutchinson number one overall, uh, but it could also mean that they wanted a contingency in place 
in the event that they were not able to sign a top tier free agent like a Brandon Sheriff or a Teron Armstead, you know, whoever it might be. So you don't want to leave yourself with no options because at the end of the day, Cam Robinson is a quality offensive lineman and you don't let quality offensive linemen walk in free agency. There's just a shortage of them across the league. So if Jacksonville is not going to value him, then he's going to go somewhere else and get the money that he covets in free agency. That's just simply how it works. Um, if Jacksonville's not going to give him the money, then maybe Miami does. Maybe Cincinnati does. Um, you know, Carolina. There's a number of teams that would be interested in him, and maybe that's the ultimate move. Maybe they are able to sign Teron Armstead, um, in which case they could trade Cam Robinson. Maybe you could play him at guard. There's been some talk that he could slide into guard. Um, Evan Neal is a guy that has played guard in the past. Icky could probably play guard. Um, you know, there's just a number of different ways that you can maneuver this to work to the point where I don't think we know anything just based on the fact that they decided to franchise tag uh, Cam Robinson. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, like, and, and again, like when I was saying bet Hutchinson, it wasn't like, oh, it's definitely Hutch going first overall now. It's more like bet Hutchinson now because the market is going to slide and the market did slide. Right. And that's the whole thing. You got to be like, you just have to be. You don't have to. You don't have to. You got to be opportunistic. If you, yeah, if you're exactly. You know, you These markets are reactionary, and if you know how they're going to react to certain news, then you just have to be ahead of it. And like it moved from plus three ninety down to plus two twenty five, then to like plus one ten, and then you know it kept sliding. Um, Is it more likely that they take Hutchinson today now that they have franchised Cam Robinson? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Can we infer what they are going to do based on that alone? No, we cannot. So I think it is possible. Um, to kind of hedge your bet there, knowing that while it is more likely, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's what's going to happen. That's right. Um, uh, traps. <laughs> I'm back. And I, I promise I'm, I'm not using like America online here for my internet. I don't know. No, no, it's not. I think it, it seems like it's a streamer <laughs> thing. Um, it, it, maybe it's a, maybe it's a me thing. Who knows? Um, Actually, no, my, my audio has been fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, stream screws up sometimes. Um, Garrett Wilson at 13 overall. Uh, you guys both have him going there. I mean, the Browns clearly need to figure out something at wide receiver, get Baker Mayfield some help, you know, you know releasing Odell Beckham. I mean, they have Donovan People Jones and Jarvis Landry, but even Landry doesn't, you know, it's, it's an, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a, meh, it's a, it's, it's a meh receiving core for, for Cleveland right now. Yeah, I think for as much as we realize that this is such a deep wide receiver class, like the Browns are a team. I think you saying it's a meh receiver group is actually being nice, especially if Jarvis Landry is said to maybe be done in Cleveland. At that point, they almost have to go receiver in the first round during the fifth-year option of Baker Mayfield's deal. Uh, Garrett Wilson went to the same high school as Baker Mayfield. He's a little bit younger, but I think there will be a little connection there. And to me, I mean, if you're betting, the first two – like if you can bet – the first two receivers off the board are the two Ohio State receivers. I think that's the best wide receiver bet in the first round because they ran fast. They have the pedigree coming from Ohio State, and there are teams uh, that seemingly need those separation-based wide receivers like the Browns, like the Commanders. Uh, that just seems like a perfect pair that the Browns need to get the most out of Baker Mayfield this season, and Garrett Wilson feels like a future number one wideout. Hmm. Josh, you have them doing the exact same thing. Yeah, I think you kind of hit that wide receiver alley right there with the Falcons, the Jets, the Commanders, the Browns, 
Um, that's probably where you're going to see the first action at the wide receiver position. Garrett Wilson just has tremendous body control. Um, you know, a lot of people thought that he was going to run in the four fives, and then he comes out and he shows that he can run in the four threes. Um, gives you a little bit more confidence in the type of player that he can be, you know, down the road. Uh, I heard Daniel Jeremiah actually made the comparison to Justin Jefferson, who, as you know, is with the Minnesota Vikings, which is where Kevin Stefanski had been previously. So if you're talking about a guy like Justin Jefferson that has already made a transition to that style of an offense, Garrett Wilson's a seamless fit. Um, he's a guy that's going to be able to get you yardage after the catch. So um, that's what you're looking for in the position if you're Cleveland. I mean, you're in an era in today's NFL where you have to be able to create yards after the catch, and Wilson's capable of doing that. So I think he's the top wide receiver. I thought he was the top wide receiver going into the combine. Um, and now it's to the point where I don't think he's necessarily going to be available for Cleveland. I would say there's probably only a 40% chance that he's even on the board when yeah. Cleveland's on the clock at number 13 overall. No kidding. Garrett Wilson flying up. Uh, see, we're gonna, seems like we're going to see a lot of these receivers kind of maybe come off the board earlier than I think people have expected, even though there's no there's no Jamar Chase in this class, which is the refrain we keep hearing, but for some very good receivers out there. The Dallas Cowboys tagged Dalton Schultz and instead of Randy Gregory, which is fine. I mean, I don't think – like Randy Gregory's a very good pass rusher, but he's got so much stuff in his background – like so much off the field issues that it would just be surprising if some team, I mean, I guess NFL teams do stupid stuff all the time, but it would like be pretty surprising if some NFL team gave him a ton of money, like a ton of guaranteed money. More than likely, I think he comes back to Dallas on not a team friendly deal, but like a, you know, a deal that is, hey, you know, you guys believed in me, you drafted me, you stood, stood by me for 17 different suspensions, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Traps, what do you have the Cowboys doing in the draft knowing that they tagged uh, Schultz and and have to figure it out uh, when it comes to Randy Gregory? Yeah, I think they really do need to, especially with the report that they asked DeMarcus to take a pay cut, and he said no. It's kind of awkward for your star pass rusher. I have them going Devin Lloyd. Uh, I think he's going to fall a little bit. They drafted Micah Parsons to be a linebacker last year, and now he's playing on the edge. All right, uh, and Josh, you have them going with uh, – let me try this again. George Karloftis. Did I do that right that time? Probably not. No. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got, you got it right that time. So my overall point is similar to what's already been discussed. You know, we don't know what's going to happen with Randy Gregory or um, Demarcus Lawrence moving forward. So if one or neither of those guys return, then you need to have somebody in place that's going to be able to – give you the production that you need from that edge rusher role. So Carl Aftis is a guy that, you know, at one point we thought was going to be a top 10 choice. So for him to still be on the board at this point in the first round is not only great value for Dallas, but it potentially fits a need for them as well. Um, so I think it's just a great pairing for both parties and just another key piece to that defensive front as, as they move forward. Cause then you're talking about Carl Aftis in last year's defensive rookie of the year, which is Micah Parsons. So you get excited about that kind of talent in your front seven if you're the Cowboys moving forward. All right, let's uh, let's wrap it up. We're going to skip through a couple of teams. Um, you guys both have the Bucks going with Zion Johnson at 27. The Dolphins and Chiefs both use the franchise tag as well, but I'm kind of interested because this is a de facto Bengals podcast. Uh, you guys have 
the Bengals doing a couple of different things at 31. Uh, Traps, what do you what do you see the Bengals doing? No, and of course, um, they use their franchise tag on Jesse Bates, the up and coming uh, young star safety. Yeah, I know there's a lot of talk about them having to go interior offensive line. I actually have them picking Daniel Falele from Minnesota. Uh, in watching more of his film, I know he didn't have a great Senior Bowl. Being in on an island in one on in a one on one situation is not really his cup of tea yet. But he gives me a lot of Orlando Brown vibes, and that he's six yeah. eight, three eighty four, three eighty six. If he shows up at the Minnesota Pro Day down a little bit, even in the 370s, he just creates such a wide arc to get to the quarterback. And for as much as, yes, the guards were demolished by Aaron Donald in the Super Bowl, which is not surprising, it's Aaron Donald. Yeah. Uh, the right tackle spot was a huge liability for most of the season as well. Uh, I think you can get a quality guard later in the draft, or maybe they are a big spender on someone like Brandon Scherf in free agency. That's what I think they should do, spend a big ticket item, at guard and free agency, and then draft a tackle. So Daniel Falele might not be a super sexy name right now, but I think his upside is massive because he's just a massive human being, and he's got really impressive movement skills for being almost 400 pounds. And then you have the, the Bengals actually making a trade with the Patriots, Josh. Is that a Pat's trade, Bengals trade up, or Pat's trade, who trades, who trades up? That is a Bengals trade up to number 21 overall Ooh. with the Patriots to select Iowa center Tyler Linderbaum. And Ooh. the thought process is this Cincinnati is historically not a team that likes to commit a lot of guaranteed money um, to free agents. So yeah. if you're not going to make that financial commitment to a free agent that probably expects it like a Ryan Jensen, then you're not going to get your top options in free agency, which means you're looking for that help elsewhere. Um, so with that being said, in the draft, you trade up to number 21 overall. Um, Cincinnati also gives their second, their third round pick. And then um, uh, New England gives a day to pick and return to kind of balance it out. But um, yeah, the Bengals walk away with Tyler Linderbaum, which is, you know, arguably one of the top five prospects overall in this draft class. I mean, he's an animal in space. He's a guy that's going to finish the play. Um, you bring back Riley Reef. You get Jonah Williams on the left side. I mean, suddenly you're you've got some pieces in place. Is that your long term offensive line? No. But I think if you're Cincinnati and you're capable of walking away with a guy like Tyler Linderbaum, then you have to be excited about that possibility. Yeah, and if you like, if you if the Bengals, I know that like it doesn't really matter what we you know what ultimately what we say about you know the teams like grades for drafts don't really matter and winners and losers for the draft don't really matter. But if the Bengals made a, a splashy move to trade up and get a center, a highly regarded center like Linderbaum, people are going to be talking about like, oh, look at the Bengals. They've just changed everything about the organization. You know, now they're they're willing to make moves uh, and, and and like go protect Joe Burrow, blah, 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 blah. So I think. Like it would be, it would be well, it would be well received, which is something that NFL teams like that actually do care about. I, I know it sounds stupid, but they really do care about how people, you know, like how people talk about their off-season moves and their and their decisions that they make. They don't like, in, like, it's just it's just a thing. And and I think the Bengals would care about that, and and would be smart to care about that because, yeah, I'm not smart to care about it. Anyway, I'm rambling about PR. Stuff as it relates to NFL teams. Um, let's let's call it a day. Let's uh, let's let's wrap up the pod. You guys have been awesome. 
Uh, the apparently as somebody points at Stubborn Hill points out in the chat, the Russians are trying to hack us all day long. Uh, they were trying to hack the chat because <laughs> the, 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 the yeah, we called the we called the Commodores or the whoa, Commanders whoa, whoa. the Commies. Yeah, now and now of course the Russians are trying to hack the chat. Uh, <laughs> pray for Jeff Passan and um, and uh, as always, thanks for joining the show, guys. You guys are the best. Josh Edwards, Chris Passo, uh, appreciate you hopping on. We will talk to you guys soon. See you guys. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.